0: When young people share their stories, they can change the world. But some youth voices still go unheard. Join me, Janessa Fisher.
1: And me. Brian Johnson for this youth-led monthly interview series as young people tell their untold stories of experiences with homelessness, foster care, disabilities, teen parenting, and more.
0: Each conversation will uncover stories of hope, strength from our youth storytellers who want to share the best ways that we can all support youth in similar situations as theirs. If you want to know how to do better for youth or simply just be inspired, this is your show. Every youth has a story to tell.
1: Are you ready to listen?
0: Everyone and welcome back to Youth Voice Amplified, the podcast wherever you just heard and every voice matters. I'm your host Janessa. Happy early Valentine's Day!
1: And I'm Brian. We're excited to share our inspiring conversation with our special guest Horace.
0: Our conversation with Horace was incredibly insightful and heartfelt. He shared candidly about his experiences in providing us with a unique perspective on resilience in the human spirit. What struck us most was how Horace was unaware of critical resources and services that could have helped him in his most darkest days. His story that you will hear in just a moment underscores the immense power of information and support in the lives of youth experiencing homelessness.
1: Now please enjoy our conversation with Horace.
0: Horace, welcome to Youth Voice Amplified. We are so happy to have you on.
1: Horace, before we talk about your story, I would like our listeners to get to know you better. Who was your first celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush <laughs> was Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a little random, I'm sorry.
1: In what era was this? The early 2000 era? Mid oh yeah, 2000? it was the early 2000 era. I love
0: that. That was so funny. Brian I Lewis. think that was a
1: lot of people's favorite celebrity crush.
0: I don't think I've ever had like an actual celebrity crash that I can think of that's like, oh my gosh. Oh, wait, no, Zac Efron.
1: I'm not gonna lie, mine was like, you know, Mariah Carey, like, we belong together, Mariah Carey. That was, that <gasps> like was young my girl like young Mariah Carey. I love that. <laughs> young Mariah, yeah.
0: Horace, here on our podcast, we also like to ask our guests, um, what does youth voice mean to you?
1: For me,
2: it mainly means that kind of what the uh, name implies, it gives voice to those who may not think they have a voice. Great definition.
1: Horace, I know you wanted to come on the podcast to talk about your experiences with homelessness as a child and as a teen. If you're willing, could you share with our listeners about your life growing up and some of the challenges you experienced in early childhood? Of
2: course, of course, in early childhood... um... I want to say I was actually quite lucky and thinking my situation was normal. So I didn't double think on my situation as a child. And generally as a child, we moved about every year, two years. So I was always at a new school. One One of the reasons I'm actually probably a good people's person is because I had to make new friends practically every year. And there's bouts of homelessness with my own mom constantly with family friends or other family and um generally uh I remember we rent rented rooms in houses full of people that I didn't know and some i know I remember some nights just wondering why are we why am i why are we out? Side at night, sleeping on a bus, and
1: me not going to school some days. With, with all that you went through as a, as a child, how would you now like, describe your childhood?
2: Luckily, I didn't really overthink as a child. Because I think um, once I kind of grew into my early teens, I, I was looking back, and I, realized, I started to realize that my whole situation, my whole, my whole life up to that point wasn't very normal. And I didn't understand that a lot of like the painful things I had as a child or like, you know, being cold, walking on the streets uh, at night, less supervision that probably a child should have constantly moving did negatively affect my when I was con- more conscious about my own. Living situation, my own mental health, my own everything. When I was more aware of things. I was it was it was like a uh, like being cold water poured over over you out of nowhere. It's like shocking almost that you you're not really realizing that your life up to a certain point was terrible terrible. It, it was bad. It, it was it was sad. And I'm still dealing with even now. I'm still trying to figure out my full feelings on the matter. It's still still hurts. You know, it still hurts.
0: I was just about to ask you, what was your life like? Well, like during this time in your life, what was school like for you? your education? Yeah,
2: My school, I want to say as a, as a little kid, you don't necessarily pay attention on what's being learned. <laughs> but no, um, I actually did like, uh, I did like school. I tried to make new friends every single time because I knew in the back of my mind that after a while, I'm never going to see them again. And generally, it was probably not a full not going to school, um, but more of a I didn't really go to school as much as I should have. And mainly that I believe it's because my my mom couldn't really afford to take me to school that day or
1: that week. Would you say uh, you moving so much affected your school like academically wise, like affected your grades?
2: I would say not as much as. Maybe other people, because I did did like interacting with my teachers and fellow kids. For instance, I loved history. So every time we learned about history, I was 100% paying attention, asking every question (laughs) and probably annoyed a few teachers like, oh, this little kid, I'm not prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was, probably, I was probably lucky that I actually ended up, even going into my teens, ended up liking learning, just knowing that this wasn't going to be permanent, enjoying every single moment. So when friends talked during class, I would interact with them. Uh, when something interesting is uh, that I actually attracted to during class, I would solely focus on that. I hated math. <laughs> uh, I do hate
0: math. Uh, I hate pretty
2: math. Pretty much. Um, see, I was semi-good with math. But I just never liked it. (laughs) Um, But no, I want to say it it was probably a 50-50. Affected some of my educational learning and, and also not necessarily affecting my educational learning.
0: During this time in your childhood, so you were with your mom... What happened after that? Did you stay with your mom?
2: Oh, no, no, no. Um, with um, even with when I was with my mom, I remember I had periods of I was just maybe a week or maybe um, a few days I was with relatives or even uh, family friends. But um, after I fully move, moved away with my mom, mm-hmm. uh, away from my mom, I was I was pretty much with my aunt and my grandmother. Both, both, both tried their best. They both tried their best.
1: What would you say was like the the time frame? Like you were with your mom and yeah. then you went with your grandmother. Like what ages was yeah.
2: that? Um, I would, I would say the first two years of my life, my grandmother and my aunt took care of me until my mom came back, and they even tried to fight for for me to stay with them instead of go with my mom, but. Uh, during that time, early 2000s, uh, the state said, stay with my mom. Um, but with that, I would say from about roughly two years old to uh, I was about nine going on 10, if not 10. And with my aunt, with my I would stay with my aunt and grandmother for a period about both, with, with both of them and one or the other from 10 to about
1: 20,
2: until uh, I was about 20, 21. Um,
1: when you move with your aunt and grandmother... Do you feel like that was the best thing for you at that moment?
2: Yes and no. It was not a really good time for either one. My aunt was uh, working a full-time job, living in the Bay Area, and going to college. My grandmother, her health wasn't that good. And um, so she couldn't really give the full focus as she could and that's real. That's also during the time frame of me kind of like like I was saying earlier. Open up, open up my eyes on my whole living situation. Constant moving. This probably would have been my only real stable life, and I did not know how to react. I was scared. I felt alone. I I needed more of a not a heavy hand, more like a hands on approach.
0: And they couldn't give you that because
2: and of their situation. Uh, I would never blame them at all, because I also understand that it was timing wise, it was terrible. But they again, they chose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. What I would want them to probably have done, tri- tried when I was younger. Yeah. But, um, you know, if wishes were horses, you know.
0: Hey there, amazing listeners. Before we continue, we want to take a moment to recognize all the young people out there who have triumphed over adversity. You know who you are.
1: Our Youth Voice Amplified podcast is all about celebrating the strength and resilience of young people like you. We believe your experiences can inspire and empower others who might be facing similar challenges.
0: So if you have a story to tell and want to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at Youth Voice Amplified Podcast, or drop us an email in the youthvoiceamplified at gmail.com.
1: Together, let's amplify your voice and share the power of your journey. Remember, your voice matters and your story can change lives. We can't wait to hear from you and share your remarkable story with the world. Thank, Thank you for being, being a part of, part of our Youth Voice Amplified, amplified community. community. Now let's get back to our episode. And at that time you were with your aunt and your grandmother, did you still have a relationship with your mother?
2: Somewhat. In the early years, yes. During that time, my... My mother has she she has bipolar disorder as well as um, schizophrenia. Terrible mix. So she even as a child she had bouts of she had episodes a lot, and she didn't necessarily take her medicine constantly. And I didn't even I, I didn't even know she had uh, had that as a child. And again, going back to I thought stuff like that was normal. Um, but more when I was uh, around ten, eleven, twelve was probably I think the last time I. Last time I had physically seen her was when I was uh, ten. That was that was when she left. Um, last time I actually talked to her was probably on my eighteenth birthday, and I think probably within those that time frame, I talked to her about probably once a year, if that even. Also during that time, uh, she was having heavy. Heavy episodes as well, and she went to go live with uh, her dad, my grandfather, um, down in good old Alabama. Um, but uh, um, during that time, she you know she said some very mean things to a kid that uh, was going through probably the most changing realization in his life, and it it, it still affects me in certain in certain ways even today. Like for instance, I have no relationship with my mom and that's a personal choice. Um I do have a half little brother that that actually somewhat uh not somewhat ruined my relationship with him cuz he didn't necessarily grow up with our mom. And you know, he he hasn't really had a relationship with her and as far as I know she's better But it's that back of the mind, I'm too scared and too hurt to even talk to to her.
0: That's understandable. Yeah. Looking back right now, as like an adult, do you realize the importance of mental health because of your mom?
2: I do. I know I should probably take my own words as well, but it's it's hard. It's hard sometimes. I know uh, just because how I grew up and how I, um, especially uh, early teens and even into my later teens, I felt like I've kind of had to do things on my own. So problems I've had mentally, school, anything, I you know, felt alone. So I, if you feel alone and what you do, you do things on your own. And, um, I'm working on it now. Um, but also I, I could acknowledge that mental health is, for instance, if my mom, uh, sought more mental health solvers mm-hmm. or, um, psychiatrists took her, uh, a psychi- psychiatric medicine constantly or more, more regularly than she was, I would most likely have probably turned out different than how I am today. Um, Maybe have a little bit more stable life or actually ended up probably with my aunt and grandmother sooner. It, it's even for me, I acknowledge it's, it's a process and it's hard, but it, it's it's something to keep on trying to pursue to to better your own mental health. It, it truly is. It truly is.
1: You had to face a lot of struggles and challenges on your own. What kept you going?
2: As a child, I would say child ignorance kept me going um, figuratively. And sometimes, literally playing in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, like I said, I am quite a people's person, um, and that uh, spins from uh, me constantly making new friends and interacting with people. As a kid, I would say I was a kid. I was ignorant. I was playing and getting dirty like kids do. <laughs> I would say my actually my whole teens was a little bit rougher because I was when I really acknowledge that I'm feeling feelings that I don't know what to do with. I'm having trouble as well as I feel like I'm on my own so I got to figure this out on my own. It was a real struggle. I want to say it was even even today, even even probably going over into my early adult as I am right now. It's still a hard struggle to really deal with my own emotions my own feeling of wanting to be happy and all that you know bouts of depression my own like my own mental health and such it, it is it is a hard struggle that i'm still i'm still fighting with I, I acknowledge that i'm still fighting with with that and it's hard it's it's extremely hard and i think it in my late as as i am right now it's a little better especially with the dream center and you guys as well is getting a little better like i said it it's Better
1: now than it was in earlier. You mentioned how you really struggled during your teenage years. What was high school life for you? High school life was wild. No,
2: <laughs> no, for for high school life, actually, uh, I was working. I was I was going to school and uh, working on ranches. It was a lot of it was a live and work situation. So, and my early early high school, I was with my grandmother at the time, and uh, she was like I said, her health wasn't that good. good and we again we didn't move probably we moved a little bit but we stayed in the same area it, it was rough for me cuz earlier i got into i was hanging around a bad crowd they got me in trouble um and i ended up on probation and sadly i moved uh when i when i was going to high school we moved into a county that was very strict and Um, Later, I found out that it didn't matter how good I was doing. They're just going to leave me on my one year probation till I was 18. And so I had a constant struggle of trying to do good, dealing with my own emotions as well as in a county that didn't necessarily care because they would probably saw my probation officer maybe maybe like six times and each time they were mo- they were getting ready to take me back just cuz I was struggling in school. Now, that that was the whole reason. But um I want to say uh early High School it it was a little rough for me. You know a little str- uh I did great A's and B's first half of high school. Second half of high school I struggled. Um there was something there that even today I don't necessarily know why I struggled the second half. I didn't necessarily get helped with that itself. It, it was more of a he's doing bad. Oh well. Friend wise, I made lots of friends. <laughs> no, I worked on ranches,
1: hard labor. Probably matured faster than most of my peers. You mentioned that you did good the first half of high school, but not so good the second half. Did you end up graduating high school? I graduated high school.
2: I I graduated high school. I'm I'm a I'm a fairly good student. I know I get hung up on things I don't like. Like I said, math. Math sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, or like, uh, for instance, I love reading. Reading, I love books. I'm even trying to write for fun. And it is harder than I thought. But I'm still doing it. <laughs> but even I didn't necessarily like English during school because it, we did things that didn't interest me. Or it was not. In, it it was on topics that I didn't like. Like you know, you have to do like write a report on this news article, and I would do it, but I would I would have liked to do it on something that I would have liked to do it on. Like pick a different topic than whatever was given. A, a lot of it was just I love I I rather have done topics that I actually enjoyed and learned it through that instead of just. Here's, here's your topic, do it, not because you like it, because I told you.
0: What plans did you have for yourself after
2: graduating? So you graduated, what's yeah. next? I graduated, and my, my main plan was to um, join the military. And sadly, my first option was the Marines. And my record came up. And actually, I actually learned through there that my public defender didn't even expunge my record they said i didn't want that but i never met my public defender without my guardian at the time so all around bad but uh even even as as someone like young don't listen to them they're stupid <laughs> or not stupid, but they don't know what they're doing so talk to their guardian instead of just taking their word for it
0: and that's how they treated you that's how
2: i was treated uh when i was going through juvenile hall and and the court system—it was a lot of—I didn't know what to do, so I just agreed with my public defender with everything they said. And
0: no one was really there to explain it to you yeah. and give you
2: your options. Give my options, or even have someone who was in charge of my well-being say yes or no. So no one really
1: advocated for you in that situation. No,
2: no, no. Like I also said before, I felt alone a lot of time. My most most of my life, and. So I've treated a lot of my situations as such. But it came up during the Marines, and I tried my best to go through that, have a whole system um, that I did not get accepted to um, because they are more strict on such uh, people with those backgrounds. Um, Then I tried to join the Army, and I was also going through their long process for a, uh, I believe it was called a moral waiver to wave saying, yes, you did something bad, but we'll wait that you could come and join. Mm-hmm. And I was, my plan was to just join the military cause I didn't know really what to do. Um, I didn't feel confident in myself to go to, go to college or even pay for college or even, or even the few steps i tried to go to uh, tried to join college, I didn't necessarily understand and felt difficulty trying to apply. All too complicated. Uh, I did not understand why it was so complicated. And so my plan was mainly just to join the military for as long as I can. Um, and then after that, maybe uh, join the police force, because I know they accept a lot of people who go through the military and, you know, try to take both retirements, you know? <laughs> uh, um no i was i even with the Army i even went to maps uh but sadly um right right after I went to MEPS, the government halted my my type of waiver and i know i know i, I just barely missed it because someone who went to maps before me and got in uh he was in the same situation as I was, but he he got he got in before me, and I was just unlucky, yeah, and all that process took about a y- about a year and a half ish wow. and with both the marines and the army and i was mainly just waiting for that because that was my plan i was like you know i messed up as a kid and i i was pretty much in my head at the time i was like i messed up as a kid i know the military could probably help me be not just better but you know Aided me because I didn't know what to do. Like I said, alone, scared, felt, felt alone, felt scared. And it, it didn't happen. And that, that broke me. That, that actually did, did break me. I truly felt beyond, beyond sad. It, it, it hurt. It hurt. I said, no, didn't, didn't, it didn't feel good that, you know, the one thing that I pretty much assumed didn't matter what I did, they would accept me, didn't accept me. Yeah. And also I had a period of pretty much absence of work because I was preparing to do the military 100%. And so it was a struggle to find a job after that. And I did find a job, but... um
1: it, it it was it wasn't necessarily a good job. So so you said that that broke you. Where did you go from there after getting denied, and then you started working? Where did you go after that? It was
2: it was a struggle. Um, I was mainly with um, at that time. I was with my aunt's fam, my aunt and her family, um, and you know they're trying their best to help me. Um, and at that time I was just sad. I was just, I was just sad. I was just working, getting money. Um, I ended up, uh, um, somewhat, uh, becoming alcohol, alcohol, an alcoholic, roughly. Mm-hmm. And it was not okay for me. It was not an okay time. Uh, like I said, that, 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 That long, long time trying to wait for the military did, like I said, break, break me. It 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 was a very sad moment of, uh, one of the sad sad moments of my life. Like I said, I was just struggling with depression, feeling sad, feeling overworked. I was working at a high-end grocery store and I was the only person in my section at uh, overnight. So everything I did was pretty much what was done for the day. I had to deal with my own truck, um That had not only my own freezer items, but also the coolers uh items uh meat uh dairy, and all other people's stuff that I had to deal with and I only had a limited amount of space and I had to deal with everybody's stuff um and so pretty much I was skipping my own breaks, clocking out for lunch, and then going back to work because I needed my time to work because i no one else was going to be doing anything else for the rest of the day or my days off. Um, So it was a real struggle on just getting everything right. And then more stuff being added to my workload. um, Till finally it was like, I quit. It was, I needed more help. Uh, Didn't help that at that time. uh, Also at that time, uh, the main night manager was on vacation and for about a week and a day manager came and she was, me or not me but more like I told you to just do something and it's not done yet and I have other priorities before I do that.
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah. it was a frustrating work environment.
2: Yeah, and then I left mainly mainly because of that. Mainly because of that. That was the last, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And I when that happened, I skipped town. It was There were more understanding than I gave my family credit for. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad that I skipped town. Then I was trying to find a new job during then. And then COVID hit. Um, So then I was about maybe another year and a half of unemployment.
0: And that is where we will end part one of our conversation with Horace. If you are enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help us find new listeners.
1: Make sure you join us next month for the conclusion of our talk with Horace as we explore his experiences with homelessness, a near-death encounter that became a turning point in his life, and the news he discovered as a young adult about himself that would have changed his life forever at 18 if he would have known.
0: Believe me, you don't want to miss how Horace conquers challenges in his path and finds a way to a brighter
2: tomorrow. Youth Voice Amplified is a youth-led project of the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office, created, produced, and hosted by Janessa Fisher and Brian Johnson with writing, research, and additional production support by Kim Silva, Allison Baptiste, and the Kern Educational Television Network. Major funding for the Youth Voice Amplified podcast is provided by the Student Achievement and Support Division of the California Department of Education through the Homeless Innovative Program Grant. Thanks for listening.